cards win. The cards win. They walk them off. The cards win. And they see new life here in Omaha. You're listening to the Third and Central Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Now, here's Matt McGavick. Welcome, 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 everyone, to the inaugural episode of the Third and Central Podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to covering the University of Louisville baseball program. And honestly, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure it's the only podcast solely dedicated to the Louisville baseball program, part of the State of Louisville Network. I'm Matt McGavick, one half of your co-hosts. And man, it, it's it's been a long time coming. I know me and Matt have been just trying to plan this for a while now. I know I've heard from some people that there's been a demand for a, a Louisville baseball podcast for a while. It's just been getting the timing right, getting the means right, all that good stuff. But hey, we made it. We're finally here. I want to introduce my co-host for this wonderful podcast, Matt Sakovic. And I am sorry if I butchered that. I'm sure we're going to get that alive for the rest of this podcast. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt. Um, no, and you are spot on. Sefcovic is um, exactly how you pronounce it. So you are hit it right on the nail. Oh my God. Coming no. from someone who always has their name butchered. I, I'm going to take that as a badge of honor, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um excited to be here. Um, this is something that Matt and I have been working on for a long time. Um, so we're just excited to bring baseball exclusive content um, to University of Louisville baseball fans. Just just before we get into the meat of this first podcast episode, I want to give us a little bit of an icebreaker of sorts to both of us. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I started covering the Louisville baseball program around 2007, uh, 2017, actually, excuse me. And it, surprisingly enough, I actually did not get into baseball until uh, about 2011. Uh, funny story. Very first baseball game I ever watched was game six, uh, game five or six of the 2011 World Series. It was the David Freeze game. You know, the we will see you tomorrow night home run walk-off call. That was, And once I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get invested into this sport. And ever since then, my, my love of baseball has grown ever since. I started writing for uh, the uh, Cardinal Sports Zone and the Crunch Zone, uh, covering the Louisville baseball program for about three or so years. Then I hopped over to the Sports Illustrated and then got my start with uh, Georgia Tech of all places. I was down there for about four or five months, got my fill there, and then I got the opportunity to come back here to Louisville last March. I've been here ever since, and you guys aren't getting rid of me yet. And I've been with CardinalSports.com, part of the Rivals Network. I started writing, uh, covering the baseball team last year, first season covering the baseball team. So uh, COVID ended that abruptly. So that's uh, first season that I've covered a sport and only or the first season that was canceled. So um, I don't know if I can take credit for that, but you know, don't blame that on me. I've been a college baseball fan for a long time, attended Louisville games for many years. And this is something that, you know, I think there's an appetite for uh, Louisville baseball um, coverage in the city. Um, since Coach McDonald's been here, um, college baseball has just been on the rise. And we're just here to bring you content to cover the baseball program and exclusively the baseball program. And absolutely. That's that's one of the goals of this podcast. Of course, we're, we're going to have moments where we know it out. It's, it's baseball. It's a, it's a numbers driven game. I mean, uh, Sabermetrics has exploded over the last decade, two decades plus. But of course, we're going to get into those moments. But then again, you, most people don't get into that. They just want to they just want to hear how many home runs they hit. How good is Louisville? What are they doing now? And we, we're going to appease to everyone. We, we don't want to exclude any portion of the fan base from being welcomed to Louisville baseball in its totality. So that's what we're aiming for with this podcast. And hopefully we do a good job of presenting that to you guys. Now, before we start uh, talking about the this specific Louisville team, let's give a little bit of a off-season primer of sorts. Now, for those who are unaware, it's been a 
busier than normal offseason to say the least and it's been a longer one just because of our good friend coronavirus the season was ended up believe march 12th or 13th it was cut short uh, the rest of the season no more college world series no more all of that gone and so it's been nearly by the time that louisville faces bellerman this uh, as of this recording in less than 72 hours it'll be almost a whole year since the Cardinals have played a competitive baseball game. And I actually between- looked it up last night. I think it's 346 days since they played a game last year until they'll play Bellarmine Friday afternoon. That's just unheard of. Yeah, considering this is a program that's used to going, making deep runs in, into June, it's, it's, it's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. But for, for those who don't know, uh, with coronavirus, there was some, some ripple effects across the sport of baseball, not just in the college ranks, but in the professional ranks as well. Major League Baseball had to make cuts from their Major League draft to just to save money and whatnot from 40 rounds to five. So you've got that. And then because of so many seniors across the sport of college baseball, having their final years cut short, having their one last chance of competing for a national title stripped from them, the NCAA decided to make one of their one good decisions they've ever made. And they decided to give a blanket waiver to not only just the seniors, but to everyone in college baseball. They gave everyone an extra year of, of eligibility. So when you combine the amount of people that are coming back, not just with Louisville, but just with the sport of college baseball as a whole, and combined with the, the roster relief provided by the NCAA as it pertains to extra availability, uh, some scholarship numbers were relaxed a little bit. I know there's a soft cap is no longer there. This this could be probably the best season of college baseball we've ever seen, at least from a talent perspective. Yeah, I think you're going to see rosters this year um, as deep as they've ever been. You can look at the two deep, the three deep on Louisville's roster this year, and a lot of the players would typically start here or at other programs year in and year out. But this is going to be a year that you know, you're going to have players that are going to be waiting their turn. It's going to, they're going to have to wait their opportunity. Um, and it may not come this year just because the sheer numbers that are on these rosters, um, players are just going to have to be patient. And they're going to have to you know, come back another year and just to get their opportunity to shine. And kind of how this has affected Louisville this year is, like Matt was saying, the MLB, they allowed players to sign if they were not drafted this year for $20,000 after the five-round minimum. So Louisville actually lost a couple additional players that were not drafted. So a lot of changes to college baseball this year um, that Matt and I are going to try to bring to you over the podcast. It's a lot going on with, with the program. And, bec- and you, as you can imagine, with all of the players that came back and all of the quality players that come back, because this is a program that normally – loses so many seniors to the draft that juniors are considered upperclassmen but now with all the juniors coming back they weren't able to be drafted or just turned down undrafted free agent deals and the seniors that weren't drafted and decided to come back because we had a couple seniors come back this is probably the the deepest position player roster that Dan McDonald has ever had and because of all that depth that Louisville currently has this is probably one of the most hyped Cardinals teams we've ever seen as of right now, I, I believe all four of the major uh, publications have released preseason All-American teams, Perfect Game, Baseball America, D1 Baseball, and College Baseball Newspaper. Louisville's got six preseason All-Americans, four of which, either three or four of which are consensus All-Americans. If that doesn't speak to like how deep and how talented this program is, I don't know what else. Oh, and, and to top it all off, out of the, the six major college baseball rankings that are used across the sport, Louisville is ranked in the top 10 in five of them, and they've ranked as high as the number two team in the country, second only to Florida, who across all the polls, no matter who releases it, is consensus number one. I mean, to have Louisville right behind them, it, it's, it's got to be a good sign for a successful season. 
Yeah, and I was actually looking over the rankings earlier, and two things came to mind. One, I don't know why we have six different rankings. Um, that has always blown <laughs> my mind. Like, why do we need six different publications? Um, but nonetheless, they're all showing love to Louisville. Like Matt was saying, they're ranked anywhere from second to collegiate baseball has them, I believe, at 11. So just outside the top 10. So all six of them um, showing love to Louisville with um, the six All-Americans that Matt was saying, four of them position players, which this is probably the best position player group in the country, according to a lot of people. Not just one of the best position groups that Dan McDonald's coached, but this is one of the best position player groups in the entire country for the 2021 season. So there's a lot to be excited about for this upcoming year for Louisville. And it's funny because Louisville last year had arguably the deepest pitching staff, specifically in the starting rotation. Now the script is flipped and they have one of the deepest position players. And we'll get into that in a little bit. And of course, uh, fans, are, uh, we're talking all, all about this hype and all the players that are coming back and all the accolades they're getting before the season actually starts. And of course, fans are probably going to want to know, OK, you know, can we actually get in? Can we watch these guys? Do we have a chance to get in? Well, I've got good news. and I've got bad news for you guys. Good news. Yes, you can. Bad news, it's only a 20%. According to uh, the University of Louisville, which released uh, their fan attendance plan a couple days ago, actually, as of this recording, season ticket holders are going to get first crack of these tickets. I know a lot of fans are probably not going to be happy about that, but that's that's just is what it is. While it's it's we're not going to have a packed Jim Patterson Stadium this year, that's just not going to happen. It sucks. It is what it is. But it, it's nice that Louisville has, has a plan in place to make sure that fans can watch uh, Louisville baseball at some point. Now, going with what they've done the last couple seasons, they they have a combination of partial free, partial paid. I know all of the non-con games, except for the game against Kentucky and Vanderbilt, the two rivalry games, all those games are free. The only paid games are the one are the ones in conference in the ACC, and like I said, those two rivalry games. So there, there's still ample opportunity for fans to make it out to third and central to watch these guys play. I think the biggest thing to note is if you're going to show up to a game this year, show up early, give yourself some time to get there because on top of the 20% capacity, there's going to be temperature checks to get in, mass requirements, there's going to be cashless concessions. So they are making changes this year to make it safer, to allow the 20% to show up. Just give yourself a little bit of time to get there. And all the non-ticket events, like Matt was saying, they are free. That's something that has been consistent with the Louisville baseball program for a long time. So with them being free and only allowing 20%, it is going to be a first-come, first-serve basis on those games that are non-ticketed. So if you show up after they're at the 20%, you will be turned away. So just note that going forward if it's a game that it's, you do not have a ticket to that you want to show up this year. Speaking of all the, the games we have coming up on for this 51-game schedule, Louisville baseball is slated to begin their 2021 season in less than 72 hours as of Tuesday, February 16th. Their first game is going to kick off a three-game weekend season series against Bellarmine. Well, we're going to get to that towards the end of the podcast. First pitch is slated at Jim Patterson Stadium at Friday, 6 p.m. So now let's get on to the team. There's, there's a lot of good players to get into. And, of course, when you're talking about the, the team, the conversation this year starts with the position players. Like we said, it's arguably their deepest that they've ever had. No matter where you go, whether it's the, corner, the corners, the middle infielders, the outfielders, catcher, DH, this team's loaded. And like we've said, they've, they've had six All-Americans. I believe five of them are just exclusively position players. So this, this is going to be a starting lineup that you, you, you just can't pitch around. Because everyone's got a threat to either poke one through the middle of the infield, take one over the wall, get that crucial on-base hit, get that extra base hit that puts Louisville over the hump. This, this is a team that has potential to be extremely exciting to watch. I think the best thing about this team, the position player group that we have, 
is it's a good mix of what has made Coach McDonald successful since he's been here. You've got power, you've got speed, and you've got guys that can put the ball in play. So I think you combine those three with the pitching staff that we've got, these guys are going to score some runs. It's going to be tough to keep them off the board. And honestly, like Matt alluded to earlier, last year our strong point was our pitching. And this year it's our position players. So keeping this team off the scoreboard, it's going to be tough. And we're not really going to have to keep teams under two or three runs to win a game because we're going to score so many runs this year that our pitching staff doesn't have to be as great as it was going to be last year. We don't have to worry about having, you know, Reed Detmers and a Bobby Miller every Friday and Saturday to win a series because we're going to score so many runs this year that it really doesn't matter. You, of course, you want your pitchers to do well. It's not saying that we that we don't want them to give up like five, seven runs a game. But at least it's it's nice knowing that Louisville is in a position where if if a pitcher does have a, a bad, a shaky starting outing, if they have to get the hook early, if they have to have an early shower, Louisville still has the firepower to keep them in games. And I think that that conversation with some of those uh, high caliber position players, it starts un- unquestionably with third baseman Alex Pinellas and catcher Henry Davis. Those two guys out of all the players that are on the current roster, I mean, those are the two guys who are going to stand out to a lot of uh, college baseball fans. And of course, whenever most people ask, okay, who's Louisville's best player? I think most people would point to either one of those two, probably Benelis. And for good reason, because while he he did miss the 2020 season because he broke his handmate bone right before the season started, as just a freshman, he had 291 with 14 home runs and 59 runs betted in over a roughly 50-game schedule, which is nothing to shake at. Because of that, he was named a freshman All-American in All-ACC second team. So he's he was a very capable hitter from day one. And then, of course, Henry Davis, he was someone that he had a good he had a good uh, freshman campaign and then as sophomore broke out. He hit 372, which hit, hitting over 300 is is a pretty, pretty good benchmark in college baseball. In the majors, you can say it's 250. But in college, if you hit the 300, it's probably the benchmark. He hit 372 and had 13 RBIs and three home runs in just the, the 17 games that Louisville had last year. He, he was on a tear. Lord knows the kind of numbers he would have put up had the season been played in its totality. And to add to that, you know, Division One or D1 baseball um, ranked Benelis the 11th best collegiate prospect in the country and Davis as the eighth best prospect in the country. So these guys have a ton of upside. Um, then you keep going down the roster. You know, you look at Levi Usher last year in the short season after he transferred in from Kirkwood Community College. You know, he had 411 last year, three doubles two home runs and 11 stolen bases. Um, he is your prototypical Dan McDonald athlete. He's going to put the ball in play. He's going to get on base and he's going to steal bases. I mean, that's just, that's what he's going to do. And it, it's, it's tough to keep guys like this off the base path. Absolutely. And to kind of put it into layman's terms, a lot of teams, not just in college baseball or in the majors, they kind of excel in one facet of hitting and, and detracting the other. Like they, they could be a power hitting team and kind of struggle to hit for contact or vice versa. This is a team, when you look from top to bottom, between starters and reserves, they can hit for power. They can hit for contact because several guys were hitting well over 350 in the short season last year. And like Usher, he, he's got wheels and they can steal bags on the base path. And this this is, this is could be one of the it's, – it's kind of hard early to say, especially since we haven't had a chance to see any of these guys yet. But th- this could have potential to be one of the best Dan McDonald offenses we've seen. And, th- and that's saying a lot. It, you know, looking down the lineup, it's just tough to, you know, if you're an opposing team, tough to, you know, find where the outs are going to come from. You don't have any weak spot in this roster. 
Um, you know, then you look at Lucas Dunn, you know, like you said earlier, missed uh, most of the season last year with a hand injury, but the year before that he hit over 300 and had 15 stolen bases, you know, very similar to um, what Lee Weiser is going to bring to the table. You know, he got a little bit of pop in his bat, um, but when it gets on, you know, there's a potential that he's going to steal second and third. And not just him, that Luke Brown's got some wheels too. And I'm sure there's always a couple other guys who they've always been a really speedy team. They've always been aggressive on the base paths. And just because you play catcher or a position who typically doesn't steal a lot of bases doesn't absolve you from maybe trying to steal an occasional base, maybe not turning into a true speed threat, but you're going to, you're going to get your opportunities every once in a while. And let's move on to the pitching staff. We've, we've, we've explained like, this is probably the deepest that position players have ever been. Now on the flip side of that coin, that's not to say that the pitching staff is not deep, but They've got some them real holes to fill for those who are still dipping into Louisville baseball just to give a primer there. Louisville had not one, but two first round draft picks who were starting pitchers in last year's major league draft. They lost Reed Detmers, who was number 20, number 10 overall, excuse me, to the Los Angeles Angels. And then you had Bobby Miller go, I believe, 29 overall to the Dodgers. So both players taken by the city of Angels. And that's, that's a lot of talent that Louisville is losing in their starting rotation because that was their number one and number two guys in the rotation. So that's going to create a lot of competition from guys, not only on the tail end of that starting rotation, like on your Sunday starter, your midweek starter, but guys in the bullpen. Because as long as Dan McConnell has been the coach at Louisville, there's always been at least one bullpen guy, more often than not, make the leap from regular bullpen mainstay two starter and this year there's the real potential that we could see multiple of those guys yeah you know you when you look at back at the rosters that of players that mcdonald's had that he's moved from you know closers or relievers to uh, you know friday night starters you look at chad green you look at adam wolf you know this has happened in the past before and there's a really good chance that we could see that this year michael kirian you know, he has been a, a a closer for the past couple of years and been locked down since he's been here. 1.69 ERA in 2019. Um, and last year um, didn't allow a single earned run in the 6.1 innings that he threw. We don't have a whole lot of tape of him, you know, as a starter. The only time we've seen him start was a pizza bowl game last fall. He ended up throwing five innings, gave up one hit and struck out eight. So there's there's not a whole lot of film that we have on him in the starter role. But what we do have um, against a pretty solid lineup because he was pitching against, you know, Louisville's position player group here and struck out eight. I mean, it's um, it's a real possibility, and I think we could see Kieran in the Ken rotation this weekend against Bellarmine. I absolutely agree. And plus, a lot of people are going to expect to see Luke Smith back in that starting rotation. He could very well contend for the Friday spot, but uh, as Dan McDonald has said numerous times, just because you come back and you're just by default the guy that should earn the Friday night spot, it's not guaranteed. In fact, McDonald's alluded several times over the past few weeks when talking to the media that that might not be the case. That could go to a Michael Curian. That could go to a Glenn Albanese. That could go to even a, a Jack Perkins or, or someone of that sort. So we, we don't know yet. It's, and we've only got a few more days until we figure out who's going to be those starters, both on the mound and in the field. In fact, we actually had a chance to talk to Coach McDonald because for our inaugural episode of the podcast, we decided to bring in a very special guest, of course, uh, who who better guest can we bring in than the head coach of the Cardinals himself? So and that he provided some great insight. He kind of teased that to who he was thinking about, who who's going to be in that starting mix, how many players he's considering playing 
giving playing time for the first couple weeks because of uh, coronavirus and whatnot. Gave us a little injury update, which is always disappointing, but we we have that to expect as well. But before, well, let's not tease that too much. I want to I want you to guys to actually you know get to the end of the podcast and not just skip over that. So let's let's give a little brief primer to Louisville's first opponent on the schedule. Like I said earlier in the podcast. Louisville is going to kick off the 21-2021 season against the Bellarmine Knights. Going to have a three-game weekend series at Jim Patterson Stadium starting on Friday, 6 p.m. first pitch. Dan alluded to Bellarmine's kind of a replacement opponent because their original plans fell through. But if you ask me, this this was I'm glad this, that, that those plans did fall through. This could have been something that Louisville. I know Louisville. They've they've typically gone somewhere with a little bit of a warmer climate to start the year, like Lakeland, Florida. But I love the fact that they're starting with Bellarmine just because who, who in the city of Louisville does not have some sort of affinity for the Bellarmine Knights because everyone's familiar with what they've got going on there with uh, some of their collegiate sports with uh, men's basketball and Scotty D. And, and a lot of people don't know that Bellarmine head coach Larry Owens, he's um he's starting to put together a pretty – a pretty solid Bellarmine squad. I know that this is only their first year at D1, so there's, of course, is going to be a little bit of a transition, but they were reigning a GLVC tournament champions, and they've had three uh, three consecutive seasons of at least 34 wins. Now, that might not say much because as Louisville fans, people are used to, you know, 45 win and 50, 50 win seasons and whatnot, but that's, that's above 500 and competing at a relatively in relatively solid conference and heading into this season, they actually had their third baseman uh, elected to the preseason, all a sun preseason, all American team. They've got some real potential there. And I'm not sure that uh, come out on top of a little, cause they, they will be making their division one debut against the Cardinals. But as a whole, I think this is a, fantastic series to schedule no i agree um like matt said the coach larry owens over there um has his team rolling you know they were ranked uh, preseason 17 last year going into the season before it was canceled and they've been to three consecutive um, division two tournament appearances winning the conference two years ago and a runner-up in the glvc 2018 but if you talk to coach larry owens you know he understands the guys that he has on the program they were uh, recruited for the Division Two level. So he knows that what he's got in his roster, he's ready for the challenge, uh, but he knows it's going to be an uphill battle. I think this weekend, you know, pitching is going to be the biggest difference. Um, and Bellarmine actually had a pitcher that was just taken 149th overall in the draft last year. So it would have been nice to see him this year, you know, face this Louisville lineup. Um, but unfortunately, he drafted and signed, so we won't get to take a look at him Friday afternoon. And like you said, you know, while they are making their transition to Division One, who's to say that they can't do something that the men's team is doing? Because we've seen what the men's basketball team is doing in their Division One debut. Who's to say that the baseball squad can't take some of their momentum and success over the last few seasons and translate that onto the field in their first year competing at the uh, D1 level? And I think what's really unfortunate about that, and we're seeing with basketball too, is they do have that probationary period as well. So if they do have a good year in the A-Sun, I, I just don't understand that. But they they will not be able to compete um, for in the NCAA tournament. They won't quali- they don't qualify this year. So don't understand the rule. Doesn't make any sense to me. I saw the other day where Bellman's trying to contest that, where they can only have a two year waiting period instead of a four year. Don't know how far that's going to go for to grow any legs, but. Um, nonetheless, Bellarmine won't be eligible this year if they do make a run. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know why that, that it should go down to two. It should be a zero year. I mean, if if you can compete, you mm-hmm. you should be eligible for the tournament, like right. whether that's conference or the big dance. I, I I don't understand that. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. If you know if you put the guys out there and they win games, let them play. 
Exactly. So I'll, at the end of the day, I'm just hoping for a competitive series. Hopefully the uh, the weather kind of thaws out right now. I don't know what it's going to look like by the time that first pitch is thrown, but if, if this current weather keeps up, it's not going to look great because I'm looking out my apartment window and I still see couple inches of snow with a layer of ice underneath so but yeah. jim patterson stadium is usually pretty good about getting the field prepared for first pitch no matter what the weather conditions are well unless it's a torrential downpour like it was against miami a couple of years ago but that was a whole nother beast of a storm in and of itself but that's another conversation for another day and if, if it feels like in this original in this inaugural podcast that we're squeezing a lot of information and kind of running through everything at a fast pace well, that's because we don't want to get too long-winded before we get into the real the real meat of this podcast, which is none other than an interview with head coach Dan McDonald himself. So we'll get right into that. But before we before we transition to that, I just want to say thank you guys for listening to this first episode. There's gonna there's gonna be some things that we work out as we get this started because as in a pandemic, it's kind of hard to work out things face to face and get everything going in smooth sailing right out of the gate. But we're going to continue to work to give you the best baseball content there is, the best exclusive Louisville baseball podcast content there is. And before we transition that into that interview, Matt, where can they find you at on social media? Yeah, you can find me at Matt Sefcovic on Twitter, M-A-T-T, last name S-E-F-C-O-V-I-C. Uh, you can find me there on Twitter, uh, cardinalsports.com, part of the Rivals Network. And you can find myself over at General Wasp. Find my personal there. You can find my work at Louisville on SI. And this is, I would be remiss if I did not mention the great people over at the state of Louisville. Shout out to Presley Meyer. Shout out to Jacob Blaine for hosting this podcast on their network. You can find them at the state of Louisville, stateofLouisville.com and at state of Louisville on Twitter. Once again, this has been the inaugural episode of the third and central podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in and enjoy this interview with Louisville baseball head coach, Dan McDonald. Once again, thanks for listening to our inaugural episode of the third and central podcast with Matt McGavick and Matt Sikovich. And for our first episode, we decided, you know what? We need to bring in a big name guest. We need to bring in someone who really knows baseball, someone who's really familiar with the Louisville baseball program. And you know what? It doesn't get much bigger than the head honcho himself. Today, we're joined by none other than head coach of the Louisville baseball program, Dan McDonald. Coach, how are you doing today? Hey guys, I'm doing good. It's uh, if I'm doing interviews like this, it means that we're back in baseball season. Oh, I know baseball is just around the corner. We're just a couple of days, like I think, under 72 hours between now and first pitch against Bellarmine. How how close do you think are you to perhaps nailing down that starting lineup and that starting rotation by the time it's time to uh, play ball against Bellarmine? Well, it's it's always interesting topics, and everybody wants to know. For us, it's more about, you know, I met with the position players the other day, and there's really, there's 12 to 14 guys that we want to play in these eight so-called non-conference games. So so if we can get these eight games in before our ACC uh, weekend at Georgia Tech, you know, it, there's mix and matches, and there's certain guys you want to give that opportunity to. And I know Coach Williams, same with the, with the pitchers, you know, we, we, we feel like we've got five starters for, let's say, four spots uh, because you play three on a weekend and one during the week. And so th that's what you got to use these first, I like to say, 10 to 20 games. But this year, we've got eight games before our first ACC weekend. So I don't, I don't get too hung up with, like, the exact lineup. Uh, it's more about these are the top 
pitchers and these are the hitters that are going to get the play. Coach, jumping ahead to Bellarmine, you know, this weekend when you uh, take the field against them, it's going to be their first series ever playing Division One. Um, tell us a little bit about what that means to their program and for the city of Louisville, just baseball in general. Well, I, can, I, I haven't experienced that, but I've experienced going to a new league and the excitement of going from the Big East to the AAC and then especially to the ACC. And that, that's, that's always a little concerning when you're the opponent. It's sometimes like when you're, you're hosting a regional and you, you look at the teams or you read about the teams you're playing against and you go, man, these guys are happy to be playing in this regional. And there's something about playing with a lot of joy. So, you know, not only do they have good players, not only are sometimes players with a chip on their shoulder, um, you know, it's, it's that look at the excitement. They're seeing all the success in basketball at the Division One level. So you're, you're, playing, you're playing a team with a lot of hope and a lot of excitement. And I'd like to think we're going to bring that type of energy because we haven't played since last March. But, you know, you, you can't. You can't ever say, well, they were Division Two, and now they're going to be Division One, so they're not ready for it. I think it's a great challenge. Absolutely it is. And kind of going back to playing them to open up the schedule, and of course you've got a whole host of high-caliber ACC teams you're going to play this year. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that, like all the other collegiate sports this year, there's been a lot of rescheduling and shuffling and postponing and yada, 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 when it comes to COVID-19. Uh, and speaking of which you've, we've already, you talk, you've already uh, talked to the media about how you've taken notes with how to handle that, the protocols and whatnot. But um, as far as the actual schedule goes, have you developed a, a COVID contingency plan with a schedule of sorts, or do you have like maybe a handshake agreement with other programs to on deck, maybe have an impromptu scheduling if something like that comes up? Well, it's funny. I, I think, Bellerman and Louisville are, are the handshake and, and you don't want to look up you don't you don't want to look up at the end of the year and have played each other 10 times but the reality is and we won't usually schedule them for a weekend because of the convenience of playing them during the midweek that I think will always be that type of program hey we lost the game you lost the game let's play on Tuesday or Wednesday this year because of COVID we lost an opening weekend and they were able to make a change so but, but I think anybody in a two-hour radius is all in the same boat. You know, college baseball is, is regionally driven. Midweek games are, are two, three-hour bus rides. And I think – I see the emails. I get an email every day with 300 Division One coaches on it, and it says, looking for this, looking for this date, looking for this weekend, and that's the new normal. And I would imagine in our region – if we lose a game and somebody within a few hours loses the game, then we're going to find a way to match up and play. So you're essentially on a, a, a college baseball coach's <clears throat> chain mail just with just running like, hey, I've, I've got a game opening here. Who, who's willing to play? It's funny. It, it started and, – and, and I've been on these before with like a big issue, a, uh, an NCAA-type issue, and just trying to have all the coaches on the same platform. I've never been on one from a scheduling like like there's like there's a separate website and you can post openings. This is straight email and one coach <laughs> sends it and then it's always reply all. And so every probably twice a day, I'm getting an email from this group. And everybody's looking for games. 
everybody's looking, whether it's a weekend, a midweek, something. And I can only imagine that's before the season even started. This is going to be ongoing throughout the season as, as teams are just naturally going to be losing games and looking to find an opponent. And to coach to build on that, um, you know, we've already seen a handful of series this weekend that have already been canceled. Um, what has been your message to your guys, specifically the newcomers um, and maybe the freshmen, that there's a good chance they may get more playing time this year than in previous seasons because they may have to, there may be openings that they have to fill due to COVID? You hit it on the head. In, in one regard, we've got more players than we ever had because of there was only five rounds in the draft last year where typically there were 40 rounds. So we have all these older players that we, we normally wouldn't have Lucas Dunn and Glenn Albanese and Adam Elliott and Michael Kieran and Luke Brown and on and on. So we have more players, but that was my message, especially to the younger guys where in years past, you would kind of have a good idea. This group's going to play. This group's probably not going to play unless there's an injury or two. And let me prepare these guys. Well, now it was kind of like, hey, right now this group's definitely playing. This group right here, well, you might not be playing in the first week or two. But because of COVID, uh, 14 days, taking time to get guys back, guys could be out two to three weeks. You have to be ready to play. And I challenge our coaches keep guys ready to play and, and the real challenge is the kids making sure that you might not get in that bat for two three weeks you might not throw a pitch for two three weeks but at any point we might need you and not just need you for a pitch or an at bat but we might need you for the next few weeks so you know I always say to guys the challenging thing for athletes is when the bus pulls up to your spot are you ready to get on the bus and it's easy to say you are but were you prepared? And preparation and, and the word prepare has been our staple since we got back from the holidays. Like, make sure guys are physically and mentally prepared to step in and perform and have no regrets to go, I just wasn't ready when the opportunity called. And, I, and hopefully I, we've gotten that message across. And kind of uh, building on that, obviously, with – more probable opportunities for these relatively inexperienced players to see see the field whether it's at the plate or at the mound you you know your team is is as good as anyone who has been one of these up-and-comers that you've looked at and say wow this kid if he can get the necessary pt he has a very good chance at having a breakout year maybe even has a chance to be named to an all-freshman team somewhere who is someone that right off the bat comes out to mind uh Two freshman position players, you know, Christian Napchek is a middle infielder, very skilled defensively. Um, reminds me a little bit of a Devin Hairston. You know, we've Ooh. got older infielders, good players, guys that you trust and you know are going to show up every day and play. But Christian has that defensive skill set where you could run out there and play. Jack Payton is a freshman catcher who also has done a really, really good job, you know, defensively. And, and those are, you know, those are such high-priority skilled positions. Those guys usually have a chance to maybe play a little earlier in their career. So, you know, right now they don't look to be everyday players on paper, but, you know, due to an opportunity, they could run out there and, and play really well. And, and, and we've got four other freshmen that I met with and just said, 
on a normal year, you'd, you'd be a step closer to being in the mix. But because of COVID, be ready. Um, and, and that's JT Benson, Logan Beard, Isaac Humphreys, and Drake Westcott. Like, we have to keep these other young position players ready if needed. Coach, you've had some really good teams in the past with a handful of trips to Omaha. How do you compare this team to some of the previous teams that you've had in the past? How confident are you that this team can make your sixth trip to Omaha and um, possibly even win the whole thing this year? You feel like you just you just got to stay healthy. I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, not to say we're the most talented team in the country, there's a lot of factors that come into play. Guys accepting their roles, um, the team coming together and playing for each other. But I think the first thing that always pops into at least my my mind, and I'm sure a lot of coaches, you know, in certain sports, like you have to stay healthy. And I think it starts on the mound. You don't want position players to go down, but you feel like you have enough depth and guys can still step out there, give you quality at bats, make routine plays and help the team win. But the value of the pitcher, you know, like the starting pitcher, you know, you you argue not argue but you could you could make a case that the pitcher has a 75 percent impact on the game 80 percent impact 90 percent the starting pitcher flip that guy the ball and if he strikes out 15 guys and now you only have to get 12 defensive outs I mean so for me it's yes pitchers are a couple guys are coming into some new roles but that's Every year, Coach Williams is dealing with that. You know, and Adam Wolf goes from being a key reliever for two years to your Friday night starter. Chad Green was a valuable reliever to the Friday night starter. That happens all the time. I'm not, I'm not concerned about guys making that transition. It's just, you just hope in a COVID year we can keep these guys healthy. Because unfortunately, and they were, they were in the middle of the storm last summer, Major League Baseball dealt with a lot, a lot of, of, of arm injuries per the number of games they played, more than they ever have. So I, I think health health would be the key. Yeah, hopefully we avoid the COVID bug. I, you know, are we going to be immune? I'm sure it could hit us at some point. When it hits us, how many guys does it take out and for how long are they out? But, you know, the, everybody in the country is dealing with the same same issues that we're dealing with. And just a quick follow-up to that. You mentioned the key is obviously going to try and stay healthy. How healthy are you guys heading into the season? Hopefully having the extended offseason, you guys are probably the healthiest you've been going into a season as, as you've ever been. I would, At least I would hope so. Yeah, pretty good. There's a couple pitchers that are out. Kerry Wright might be available later in the spring. He had Tommy John surgery uh, late last spring. Ryan Hawks, who had a nice freshman year, he's out for the year. Gavin Sullivan, poor guy, uh, fought his way back and had another injury. He's out for the year. So th- there's always a couple pitchers. Position player-wise, you know, the, 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 the interesting name to our fan base is Ben Metzinger because Ben really busted on the scene last year, was good as a freshman, but we, we, had, a, we had a lot of older hitters, and he was just a little bit on the outside busted out last year as kind of a household name and showed his versatility as a catcher, third baseman, and, and could probably play just about anywhere on the field. Right now he's having some some back issues. So we're 
you know, we're, we're hoping for the best for Ben, but, you know, we're also preparing, you know, this first month to play without him. And so right now those are the guys we'll be without. And as you said, Matt, you know, the, the Benelises, the Duns, we, you know, he had all these guys on the DL last year to start the year. We even had a couple pitchers, uh, but knock on wood, we're, we are, we are very healthy and, you know, we just, we, we keep taking those tests a couple times a week and you just hold your breath and you look for that good report and everybody's negative and you go, okay, you know, we, we survived another day. Well, fingers crossed, knock on wood, insert any other baseball superstition you have that you guys can not only stay healthy, but try and avoid the the COVID bug as, as much as you can. Once again, this is head coach Dan McGonnell, head coach of the Louisville Baseball Program. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the third and central podcast, our inaugural episode with many more to come. We're going to have a ton of other guests for you as the season progresses. And thank you for tuning in. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.